pickaxe. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good evening and welcome. This is Resonance 104.4 FM and I'm Steve Curran. Uh, I'm Anne Scantlebury. And we are One Life Left. We're two thirds of One Life Left. Uh, unfortunately, Simon Byron can't be with us this evening. Oh, it's a shame. What's happened to him? Uh, I'm not 100% certain, actually. Um, I was convinced that I was him until I arrived this evening. And I was sat waiting for you yeah. and our guests, plural, um, upstairs, and um, I was chatting to um, someone else from residence, and uh, she was um, she was talking about her journey home and how awful it was going to be uh, because she lives uh, out east. Oh yeah, uh, and what east of London or the Middle East? <laughs> I believe it was East London. Okay, uh, and so um, I wished her good luck uh, in her travels, and I said. Um, uh, drop me a text when you uh, reach when you reach your destination, just so I can be certain that you got home, right? Just off the cuff. And she said, "Yeah, yeah, sure." She said, um, "I'll say hi, Steve, <gasps> stroke dad." Which I wondered if that was an arrangement that he had with her. Are you her dad, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, so that's awkward. Yeah, and and you know what? I was too polite to correct her. I guess we're all interchangeable anyway, right? Do you think so? Yeah, pretty much. How have you been? Pretty good this week. Still, pretty good. Still got the glasses. Still got Let's the see glasses. See how, how they're going. How they're hanging. Um, still on my nose. Okay. <laughs> good thing I'm going to keep them there. Right. Good. Yeah, it's going good. How are your glasses? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'd, I'd class myself as an expert wearer. Really? It's been many years now. Has and it? I think, yeah. I'm still a novice. Right. Um, but yeah, it's it's working out still. And then I saw you discussing on Twitter. You were thinking about getting a perm. Yes. Right. <laughs> so what's going on with your face then that like requires such everything, such work? Everything. Everything. You know, sometimes in life where you just think maybe I need a, a bit more volume. Right. Maybe a perm's the way to go. Maybe it isn't. I haven't decided yet. Okay, we'll keep us posted. When I will do you do. when do you think you're going to make this decision? Um. Within the next uh, three to four weeks, I think. So I think that's appropriate perm thought time. <laughs> so certainly by December the 14th? Certainly by December the 14th. Maybe you could 14th. unveil it. Maybe. Maybe uh, you could unveil it with the help of uh, one or both of our two guests. What? Yes. Who are we going to introduce first, Anne? Uh, let's go with that one first. It's Keith Stewart, Father Keithmas. Hello. How are you doing? Ho, 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 you mean? I like the idea of a perm thought (laughs) period. That's why you're here? It sounds like scientific, like something Newton might have come up with. (laughs) Newton's third law of perm dynamics. Uh, So, I I can't uh, quite recall where we are with you. Are you the Guardian's games editor or not? I am, I am. You are, okay. Did you get the job back? I always, I, I always had the job, but it wasn't. A f- I wasn't officially called. No, games. but we no, got you sacked. Oh, yeah, it was taken was, from you. I was sacked. Yes. I was sacked by Steve Gaynor live right. on this show. Yes, yeah. Uh, somehow I managed to speak. My I, I talked to Alan Rusbridger, and Did he you? understood that maybe he shouldn't sack me on the basis of the meandering thoughts of an indie <laughs> developer. And I got my job back. So, oh, yeah. that's so well, well, congratulations. Thank Welcome you. back. Do you have to start on probation again? Uh, yes. Yeah, I'm making okay. teas. Right, good news. <laughs> and then the other one that we've got in. 
What? It's Simon Parko Parkin. Hello. How good are evening. you? Yeah, I'm pretty well. How are you guys? Very well. I mean, I've already well. heard, but very well. Um, and again, forgive me. You're no longer with the Guardian, are you? You're with the New Yorker. Is this right? <laughs> Is this why you're sitting oh, so geez. far away from each they, other? They are sat the furthest apart I've ever Ooh, seen guests. So, <laughs> so you used to be with the Guardian, but now are you, are you full time with the New Yorker? <laughs> no, I'm still a freelance writer. So, okay. Uh, so you'll literally yeah. write for anyone for any money. Pretty much. Yep. Yeah. How how are you doing anyway? <laughs> it's going I was being okay. all, all New York there for you. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm doing all right, thank you. Yes, good. All right. Well, yeah. well, is this the first time we've had both of them on? I think so. At the same time, yeah. yeah. It's going to be a fun show. Uh, we've got 52 minutes worth of stuff on the CD. Look, we've only got to talk for another three minutes. And then we <laughs> exactly. Can get out. Stick it on. Uh, but let's start the show as we always do with Anne's news. It's 7.05 on Monday the 11th of November. I'm Anne Scantlebury and this is the news. Call of Duty Ghost sold $1 billion worth of stock to retailers worldwide for the launch of the game. Well done to Activision on that massive weird number. As massive as $1 billion is, it's still not as much as previous years, which Activision is blaming on next generation hesitation. Regardless, we would like to congratulate Activision on having $1 billion in the bank and would like to formally invite them to our Christmas party. Consider yourself invited. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Kotick. Bring the bank card. Okay, so they've got a billion dollars in the bank now, then. I'd say it's not in the bank, is it? No. I know. That was just for jokes. Oh, <laughs> that's, that's the point. No, it's not in the bank yet. Okay. They, they've just shipped that stock to the stores. Yeah, a lot, a lot but, of people uh, got confused by this last week, didn't they? Were they doing it to confuse people? Well, it just seemed like a strange thing to say because uh, Call of Duty, uh, not Call of Duty, um, GTA 5 came out three days after it was released and said, hey guys, we've sold a billion dollars worth of GTAs. And we're like, whoa, that's the biggest thing ever. Uh, And then Activision on the day, no, the day after um, Call of COD, uh, what are we on now? COD? COD Ghosts. COD Ghosts (laughs) came out. um, Said, hey guys. We've shipped in a billion dollars worth, which um, is entirely different. And what I didn't understand about this was with uh, Rockstar, they can say, hey, we're like, ka-ching, we've received a billion, or shops have taken a billion dollars. Now, for them, for Activision to say that they've sold it, they've sold a billion dollars worth, they have to know what every, end up, any, every copy ended up selling for, surely. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Because like Amazon was selling it slightly more, uh, more uh, slightly cheaper than no, because HMV... they they sell it into the they sell it into the retailers well, at a certain, certain price, right? Yeah. So in which case, then that that number is much much lower than uh, GTA Five. Because do the maths. I don't want to. Let's do, do the it. Maths. Let's do the maths. <laughs> pens out, everybody. Write down a billion. Um, so uh, saying that they they've sold a billion dollars worth of so so. Are we saying that Activision got a billion dollars? No, they they've just shipped they've shipped content that is worth that worth theoretically, that. but uh, they don't know. But how yeah. They're not saying how much they've actually had back or anything right. like that, because uh, I guess stores can do returns and stuff. Yeah, like that, I guess. Maybe they only have five pounds back. <laughs> that suck. Interestingly, Rockstar got in trouble for this, didn't they? Around the time of San Andreas, they they were claiming uh, it wasn't Rockstar; it was whoever the publisher was at the time got in trouble because they were saying this. They were basing their bonuses off the amount that they'd shipped. Were to they and. Uh, uh, yeah, they got they were fined a lot of money in America for from their bonuses. What do we base our bonuses on? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a very good question. Let's 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 think on. Valve is inviting people to sign up for the Steam in-home streaming beta. Closed testing will begin before the end of the year. Speaking at the announcement of the Steam Machine prototype, Valve explained many of those users would like to have a way to bridge the gap into the living room without giving up their existing hardware and without spending lots of money. We think that's a great goal and we're working on ways to use our in-home streaming technology to accomplish it. Valve's recently revealed Steam Machine prototype is 12 inches long and 2.9 inches high, meaning that sadly it won't fit into your average size handbag. It's a shame that, isn't it? It's a real shame. Bigger handbags. Um, a massive handbag. Incidentally, before we move on to discuss this one, mm-hmm. who do you think is winning out the New Yorker and Guardian in terms of uh, comment? Uh, the New Yorker's got Seems it at the minute. Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, More definitive. Keith. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of this? 
Uh, Steam Machine. Well, yeah. um, it's well, specifically Steam's the the, the, the streaming that they're uh, they're, the, the they're trialing. S- the stream. Steam Stream <laughs> Dreams. That's just too, too. It's too rhyming for me. I don't really understand what's going. On. I don't. I don't. I don't know where Valve are going with this. Whether they are genuinely coming up with a proposition that they see as beating not only consoles but everything else that's happening in their living room space in terms of what set top box providers are trying to do. It seems as though Valve are making a. a, a, a a play for the living room that I like it's a small fraction of people that are really going to understand this. Surely, I know there's lots of people online that think Steam Machine and streaming content that's fascinating and incredible, but there's lots of people sitting at home with their little PC and their consoles thinking, We don't really understand what this is, even if they've heard of it. There's a, there's a lot of discussion about things, yeah, things that are happening in the future and the prototype of the Steam controller and all of that sort of stuff. I mean, I think broadly speaking, Steam can do little wrong, can it? Even when it removed some a, a game from the library, from everyone's library uh, this week, people were like, Yeah, should have come to expect that um and there's no doubt that streaming as uh hardware or the, or the processing uh, power of hardware can be uh remotely um uh, can, can, can be done remotely streaming is going to be a very efficient way of getting high quality games onto your tv mm. I, so yeah i thought about signing up for this but then i thought i'm probably unlikely to get picked Mm. Is that why you haven't signed up? Because you might not get picked. Yeah. I mean, what I've done is I've eliminated all doubt from that now. I'm definitely not getting picked. Yeah, but I think it's... um, I mean, so we're going to see PlayStation 4 introduce streaming next year, aren't we? Through Gakai? Yes, through Gakai, yes. Interested to see how that works, because my previous uh, experiments with streaming, i.e. on live, have not gone too well. No. Is is it still going? And I don't know. This is what I was wondering the other day, actually, because I've got an unopened online I've console in my. I've never got mine out of the box, but no, it's on my shelf. Mm. Looks, it's really good for storing um, letters on. I I used it to keep my office door open for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Ready to throw a party, the PlayStation 3 has sold 80 million units. Those figures were as of the 2nd of November, so it's probably sold another couple of mil since then. Sony was pleased to report that the seven-year-old console has had 4,332 games released for it, with another 300 due over the holiday season. To celebrate, Sony got the PS3 a cake and its P45. A lot of this, uh, this sort of thing coming out at the moment, isn't there? Yeah, loads of numbers. Numbers. Mm-hmm. We've done this many. We did do this many. And what was interesting about that figure of uh, PlayStation 3 sold? It's not very good. No? Well, no. When you think PlayStation 2 sold 150-odd million. What's, what's um, Xbox on now? Um, 360 on. Wow. wow, that was what I was alluding to. Ah, You're getting some points back here, thank the Guardian. You. Yes, um, thank you. Actually, it's, uh, it appears that, they, that both of them have sold similar amount mm. when everybody assumed... Xbox 360 had uh, dominated. Really? Mm. I think they're roughly both on around... Eight, eight, I think Xbox is on around 80 million as well. So. How many games have come out on Xbox? Did they Did they come out with that four. one? <laughs> four. It? Yeah, it's there's just the, There's four. the brown one, yeah. the drivey yeah. one. Yeah. <laughs> um, are we sorry to see these? To see things starting to be wrapped up now? 4,332 4, games? I'm so now, sad. Are you? Yeah, it just feels like... Come on, babe, you've done enough. Get out. Just uh, 80, 80 mil, that's all right, isn't it? But just, you know, we're winding you down. They're there now. We're just going to tuck you in. They're there, PlayStation 3 now. No, <laughs> Ship pillow- you off to Switzerland Shh, now, for a exactly. nice holiday. Shush, now. This Close pillow's going to feel so nice over your face. Good night, love you. <laughs> don't blame it on sunshine. Don't blame it on moonlight. Don't blame it on good times. Blame it on Wii Karaoke U. Nintendo has confirmed that the app, which allows users to perform karaoke as their Mii avatar, will have a warning added after it was discovered that some of the uncensored songs available contain explicit lyrics. The app already has a note saying that the songs aren't Peggy rated and has restrictions available through the parental controls. Please be careful when karaokeing. It's a dangerous adult business. How do we feel about this? Brilliant. Do we? Yeah, because we I like... hate it when they censor karaoke songs. This is such a good thing. Okay, can you think of any examples of uh, karaoke censorship? Yeah, loads. That CeeLo Green song. Okay, so, so how does that go? See, I'm driving round town <laughs> with a girl like you, and I'm like... Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't even rhyme, does it? <laughs> Don't they do the the F dash though in modern karaoke on 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 the screen? And isn't it slightly more fun because you get to improvise your own swears? <laughs> 
what? So you're like, delete all swears from songs, but just put a little dash in there so people can think up their own. It'll make yeah, more... brackets, improvs, user-generated <laughs> content. <laughs> can you imagine, though, the uh, the inquiry into into this? Like, because the way that you uh, described that story, Anne, you said that it was discovered yeah. that some imagine. songs... <laughs> you what?! <laughs> We've got some, uh, we've got some Eminem yeah. songs on there. Yeah. Oh, oh, great! I think they're probably going to be all right for kids. <laughs> Is it a problem that it's not Peggy rated? <laughs> sorry, you say sorry. <laughs> That's what they said. It There's isn't. a note that says. These songs aren't Peggy Rachel. You're on so your own go. out here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this one's 18 plus. Good luck. <laughs> Finally, a Dota 2 player has sold an ethereal flame pink war dog courier for $38,000 to a human person who has paid $38,000 for an ethereal flame pink war dog courier. The very rare, highly sought-after item is one of only four known war dog couriers who are pink with an ethereal flame visual effect. We were going to suggest that you could have got about 4,000 shares in the Royal Mail for that money, but to be fair, the Queen isn't a pink war dog, she doesn't have an ethereal flame visual effect, and her so-called Royal Mail courier service is sometimes not very good. So we'll save the sarcasm and say congratulations instead. Didn't understand any of this. That's, exactly. That's, it's like, exactly. It's uh, probably the third or fourth uh, time I've uh, I've come across that story. Yeah. And uh, no idea. Pink dog. What's a dotter? <laughs> one of them. One of them big ones right. with loads of people in it. Is it? And um, yeah. I, yeah. I've never played. You've uh, never played Dota. Right. So do you know what it stands for, Anne? Uh, something something ancients. Yeah, very good. <laughs> something 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 ancients. Yeah, sure that. <laughs> <laughs> ancients begins with a T, Simon. <laughs> Defence of the ancients. Yeah, actually. that. I've been playing it with all my mates. I haven't. No, I've I've, I've never played it, Keith. Have you? Uh, a couple of times. What was Not it that like? Much. Did, you, uh, did you buy a pink thing in it? I didn't. I never. I, during my time with that game, I never felt I had to spend thirty-eight thousand dollars on 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 an object, even however if flaming you had, it was. So much money, would you? Like, is that something that you would ever spend that much money? If you had like infinite monies, is that something you would ever just that would even cross your mind to buy it? If it, someone uh, was selling it, absolutely it? would not. And then, I mean, this is a, this is a kind of an old story which has come up ty- uh, several times over it's the period of. Uh, well, no, this this itself isn't. But the whole idea of pay, people paying astronomical amounts of money for virtual goods has been around since we started getting microtransaction games. Um, there's been like several occurrences like this of people paying ridiculous amounts of money for virtual goods which don't have, have any kind of ethereal existence. And it, it's, yeah, it's not it, even close to the most either. Like someone no. spent like two. Hundred thousand on a on a house in some in some game, didn't they? Oh so. yeah, yeah. But maybe you're not interested because you don't play Dota. What about a game that you cared a lot about, so you could get a, an exclusive Minecraft block? That was d- pink. I'd pay a tenner. <laughs> and look like a dog. Would you? Yeah. <laughs> I'd pay a tenner for a pink Minecraft dog block. <laughs> a house made out of dogs. <laughs> a house made out of pink dogs. With an ethereal flame visual. Well. Where where do I pay? Where do I give my thirty eight thousand dollars? Right here. Right Notch, here. Notch is a uh, an avid listener. Yeah. And we made him, of course. So of uh, course. expect to see a pink dog shaped brick in Minecraft soon. Thanks, Dan. One life left. Video game news with Hello, I'm Sega Badawi and welcome to One Life Left Local News. There has been further fallout from the Zakam WikiLeaks story. A local newspaper has reported that the Capcom province has been using a monkey to spy on world leaders' conversations. The monkey uses its tail as a helicopter blade to hover above the leaders while they talk. Using this method, the monkey found out that King Bowser was not actually keeping Princess Peach where sources believed she was being held and it is now thought that she is being held in another castle. It was also revealed that Dr Robotnik makes the majority of his telephone calls from his throne, as he is constantly eggbound. We'll keep an ear out for any further Zack and Wiki leaks, and we'll also notify you of any changes. Thanks, and back to your usual programming.
dreaming, Anne? What are you reading? Uh, oh, nothing. I'm just sending a message to my flatmate. Okay, nice. What, what about? Is there anything uh, that we can help with? It's a picture of you, actually. Is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> she really likes you. Right, well. <laughs> Big fan. Yeah. Um... No, what, what is, that's uh, that's me uh, wanting to um, uh, stop the cuts to, to legal aid, which, I'm, which know, we support. Which we support. We support not cutting legal aid. Exactly. We do not support cutting legal aid. Done. We just written a letter to uh, Nick Clegg about it. Nicholas. <laughs> Oi. Um, so yeah, and we were chatting about some other stuff off air. Do you know? Um, last week, Anne and I could not work out um, <laughs> why. Um, why there was no sound coming out of those speakers when the... We did know why, because, so basically, when one of the faders is up, uh, the sound doesn't come out over the speakers in the studio. And I was like, they're all definitely down, they're definitely down. The thing that we didn't take into account was that Simon had brought a newspaper into the studio and had put it so that the newspaper was over one of the faders, exactly. so we couldn't see it, so it remained apparently, up. So apparently last week's show, you could, um, you could hear us chatting. <laughs> very dangerous. Um, very so one dangerous. of them got changed, but Did one of them um, not? no, one of them didn't. That one didn't have the <laughs> that one didn't have that stuff on it. So. <laughs> so if you ever get the opportunity to come and be a guest, then uh, then please do because uh, you can come and listen to it live. It's going all right, isn't it? Uh, the Guardian seems like it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How about you, the new Yoika? Yeah, seven out of ten. <laughs> uh, right. Uh, th- that was uh, before this. We heard from Sega Badawi, uh, our local news correspondent. Thank you, Sega Badawi. Um, and this is. Master of Magic theme uh, by Anders Hellsborn. Um, he remixed it, of course. Uh, of Rob, course. Rob Hubbard wrote it, as Ron. we all know. Rob <laughs> Hubbard. Uh, and you can download that from remix.kwed.org. Um, how's it going, Keith? It's going all right, yeah. Thank you, Simon. How much money have you made today? £15,000? Well, not me personally. No, you're the games editor of The Guardian, yeah. I have to say. <laughs> yeah, uh, so, um, like, like, like many of our guests, and also the majority of the staff, <laughs> you, yeah. uh, you appear to have a Kickstarter. I do, yeah, yeah. It, it, launched, it launched yesterday, and we're, we're looking for 30000 and we've got halfway there. Congratulations. So much, What's yeah. it for? It is a book, um, a coffee table art book, about uh, the Mega Drive uh, called... Uh, Sega Mega Drive for Collected Works and it's from Read Only Memory Publishing who you had on the show we did. a couple of months ago who, Sensible so- yes, Software Guys they did a, a yeah, Sensible Software book and that was their first book and uh, the Mega Drive book is their second one and yeah we, uh, we've been working on it for about eight months wow and uh, yeah we launched it yesterday and yeah it's been just doing really really well were you nervous? I was, yeah, because for me, obviously, I inputted a lot of my time and effort into this thing, and I was thinking, please, please don't let this have all been in vain. <laughs> please don't let my children starve. <laughs> please back Actually, yeah, that was in the video, wasn't it? Yeah, it was just, it was just, just a... holding your kids up and yeah. taking food from their <laughs> Look mouths. At these children. Smacking them. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you don't have to smack them. I know, oh, I do. just did that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I said, if you want me to stop smacking them. <laughs> uh, so, so it's all written. Is it? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've written a, a kind of 10, 12,000 word essay on the importance of the Mega Drive, and I've uh, done 20 interviews with uh, ja- uh, S- S- Sega Japan uh, developers, designers, producers. Uh, amazing. Some of them have never like really been interviewed before. Um, some of them everyone will know, like Yuji Naka, Yu Suzuki, you've spoken to them. Um, but some like really interesting characters who worked on games like Fantasy Star that were really, really important. Um, it's been really interesting, and Sega have been amazingly supportive and found all of this bizarre stuff out of the archives and things that you would have thought had lost. There's a concept art for old uh, Sega games and lots of the old blueprints of the Mega Drive. And yeah, it's been it's been good. And I, I've spoken to lots of execs in the States who worked in Sega America when it first started. And it's fascinating so, stuff. So why did you pick the Mega Drive as a subject out of all the other consoles? I think, well, I mean, been? it was Darren, the uh, Darren, the, the owner of Read Only Memory. He's a massive Mega Mega Drive fanatic and he saw in this machine a really kind of pivotal moment in game history I think and I and I sort of agree with him which is why I, I, I agree to do it I think then the Mega Drive was the point at which um, I think at which gamers the whole idea of gamers came about like before that games were something you did you know at the arcade or you might buy a games console for your family but I think with the Mega Drive and the SNES era 
it was the era where gamers really self-identified and thought of themselves, uh, thought of themselves, and identified themselves as gamers. And I think Mega Drive was really at the kind of pivotal moment of that. And a lot of what we think about of games and games design, I think, started with with the Mega Drive. Uh, things like um, Sonic, Sonic the Hedgehog, obviously, Fantasy Star, obviously, games like this really set into motion a lot of the ways we think about game design now. I think it was a really important console, and I absolutely loved it. So, you, so you were you were, you owned one at the time? Well, you? yeah, I'm actually my dad bought a Mega Drive. I was at co- I was at um, I was started my A levels at college, and I'd sort of come out of the Commodore 64 era, and I went to college, and I was sort of more interested in in uh, in uh, a booze at the time. <laughs> I discovered booze and girls, and my dad bought a Mega Drive, so it was my what dad's nerd. really. I know <laughs> exactly. That's exactly you could what I Guardian's said. girls editor. I, yeah, as I stumbled in at night <laughs> and found my dad playing FIFA on a Mega Drive. Um, so, so yeah, and it, and it's you know still it's, it kind of has really good memories for me, really, as you know, as a family sitting down playing. Um, uh, PGA golf tour with my dad and playing FIFA with my dad and um, yeah it's, it's just really nice personal memories but the more I talk to people about the Mega Drive who, who were around at that time it did have a real it, it did have that even you know the SNES had that sense as well of lots of people I know began their journey into games on these machines mm-hmm. and, and, and the machines were so beautifully made and the games were so wonderfully um, uh, were so wonderfully designed that um, it's been it's just been amazing talking to people that made the games. I bet. I bet. What, so what have you what have you learned personally then so as, as part of these interviews? Have you had difficulty tracking anybody down? Have you found anything? Else <clears> yeah. Well, actually, it, it's weird how many people uh, in in the industry were actually started out on the Mega Drive, and it's uh, what's been fascinating about it was finding out how kind of ad hoc the British games industry was in the, in the late eighties, and how kind of a do it yourself it was. Like I was speaking to um, lots of people at Virgin who mm-hmm. were the sort of the the um, European uh, distributors for Sega yeah. at the time, and they were saying they were doing things like developers when they had to increase the ROM on a cartridge when they were when they were making it, they'd snap on ro- uh, when they were making games, they'd kind of like physically snap on ROMs onto cartridges themselves to test their code. Um, there was no kind of official development unit they used. It was all really kind of ha- hands-on DIY stuff that was really fascinating. Um, and who've, the, the funniest people I've spoken to are people like Trip Hawkins, who who told me so much. I, I interviewed him on the phone, and he was driving through California at the time. He was, on the, he was on the highway in his car, and he just said, I've managed to get him, and he just said, put your tape recorder on, and I'm just going to go, and I'm going to tell you everything. Okay. And for the next 30 minutes, I didn't say a word. Wow. And he, he told me the history of... Uh, electronic arts and how it got involved with the Mega Drive and how it was really involved in uh, how it reverse engineered uh, the Mega Drive uh, technology and then pretty much held Sega to ransom you might. over it. Um, and yeah, and, he, and then he said, oh, I'm here now. I've got to go. Bye. Clunk. Right. And that was so, where, so, so, where, so he, where was he driving from and to? I don't, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't ask. It was just, I was, I was kind of dumbfounded by the fact that he just said, right, put your tape on. Here we go. <laughs> yeah. It's meant to be one of the best ways to interview a person is to get them driving and to either sit, sit next Seven. to them. Yeah, oh, okay. Stream of consciousness. Should we so. get the one I've left car? Let's do that, yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. What make would it be? Um, it'd be a family car for okay. sure. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> that wasn't what I was expecting. <laughs> <laughs> so, before we move on to Simon, uh, we can find this on Kickstarter at the moment. When's it running until? It's running until December the 9th. Um, yeah, and I think the basic um, book is, I think it's £25. That's sold out. Um, has it? Yeah, oh, well, sold out. Oh, 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 yeah, that's the, early birds. So, after that, it's £35. Yeah. So, if I, so basically, my uh, thing here is, obviously, Simon, you've got your... Kickstarter, how are you doing? They're very well, thanks. Really, how well are you doing? Very well indeed. How? Well, uh, six thousand seven hundred. And how, how much did you do today, Keith? Fifteen grand. Okay. Well, how many backers though? I don't know. In it, like, if if you're losing on the total, I think that back the number of backers. Okay. How many backers have you got? What is this? Like top Kickstarter yeah. yes. top trumps? Yes, it is. I think we've got like three hundred or so. Well, I've got more. Okay. <laughs> um, well, so I backed Simon for twenty quid, and your minimum now is thirty-five. Exactly. So I'm. Unfortunately, uh, due to fairness, not going to be able to back you. That doesn't sound that fair to me. <laughs> you should, well, w- you know, maybe you'll be tempted by some of the stretch goals. <laughs> <laughs> you better have good stretch goals. <laughs> well, I, I see, I bet you wish that you'd, ex- you'd accepted a backers as currency now because then that would be fair. One backer, one person, wouldn't it? Yeah. But not, not a key to about money. Um, I am going to back it. I haven't done today. That's the reason I know that it's uh, that the early bird is sold out. But, uh. Uh, but I am going to do it. I didn't want to do it just before we came on the show. That, because I know somebody who's in the middle of a successful Kickstarter campaign that's... Um, <laughs> It feels very odd seeing the names of people that are 
that are, are coming in and yeah so mm. um so i didn't but i will uh i think we're gonna play some music actually before we come to you simon is that all right yeah sure yeah okay cool please <laughs> along to this one yeah no, I'm enjoying this do you know what it is um no oh wait is it Beyonce <laughs> no it's not uh it's the main theme from Delta of course oh yeah talking about old games Keith Keith, Keith's on the phone sorry Keith's yeah. on the phone and, and he needs a wee <laughs> <laughs> but he's going to hold on. Yeah. So that's going to be tense for the next part of the show. Oh, we should have interviewed him on poured water. <laughs> well, maybe we can get some. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Uh, we're going to play features. If you want to go for a wee now. You're not going to do it, are you? You're going to diss me. I I'm... promise you we're going to play the entirety of this feature. Okay. I, I okay. need to go together. Right. So... <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's time to. <laughs> Whilst the New Yorker and the Guardian make up, we're going to listen to Cara Ellison. <laughs> Hello, I'm Cara Ellison and welcome to Electric Dreams, a section of One Life Left where I write a lonely heart sad for a video game character, put it on the internet and then see what I can learn from the replies. From this I hope to gauge which game characters have the most attractive traits. This week I was kicked off Craigslist, possibly because people flagged me too much for pretending to be Cara Ellison. Instead, I decided to troll dating sites looking for Joanna Dark's perfect love. I reckon Joanna would look for tall, dark, handsome, someone who impersonates Martin Hollis's other famous protagonist, James Bond from GoldenEye on the N64. This means I have eliminated anyone who doesn't drink, martinis are a must, and someone who likes violence and setting up mines in a building. Or someone who is likely to set up mines in a building. Anyway, let's see if Joanna Dark has any luck after the break. What did you make of that, Keith? <laughs> oh, interesting. <laughs> so, no, Keith, speak up. Hey, why has he gone quiet? Can you hear that little tinkle? <laughs> <laughs> We've lost a guest to the toilet. I said, we're going to put this feature on. And he said, all right. And then did he ask you if you were genuinely, genuinely <laughs> going to go to the toilet with him? Simon, so, uh, so you're, uh, you're the odd one out uh, amongst uh, the boys in the room because right. you're not uh, currently scrabbling around. You're not dirtying yourself with a Kickstarter campaign, are you? No, right, yeah. That's, uh, so the difference with me is if, if people give me their money, they'll get a book. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's something that actually exists rather than just a pipe dream from someone with a leaky bladder. <laughs> so you... Oh, hey, hello, Keith. Oh, cool. Hey, Keith. <laughs> what did you think of Cara's feature? Oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it made water come out of you, didn't it? <laughs> so, and now you're going to put some more in. Yeah, I know. I'm so dehydrated. 20, <laughs> 26 minutes to go. So, Simon, tell us about your book, your actual book. Uh, okay, yeah. <clears throat> so I have a, a book out this Christmas called An Illustrated History of 151 Video Games. And it is or will be available to buy on Amazon and in, in shops and things like that. Are you doing an audio uh, version of it? No, but, uh, but yeah, you know, open to discussions, and Yeah. <laughs> Do you want to start those discussions now? Not really. Who would play Parco? Uh, Keith. I mean, 
<laughs> she just stress I'm not a character in this book. So. <laughs> what? So uh, you've you brought it in with you, have you? Can we take a look at it? I have. Yeah. Let me let me pass so it. So that's uh, the first thing that I noted was it does have a dust jacket. Keith, is yours going to have a dust jacket? Oh, this is no. This has just got a, like a mat. Uh, because cover. their last one did. did the last one did. Did it? Uh, software one did have actually the best dust jacket I've ever seen oh, on a book. So much pressure. Remember, I work with Was books. Was it the same? Mm. The same budget? Because if not, maybe this is a scandal. Oh. <laughs> so back to your book, Simon. I think we talked enough about Keith's. Uh, so why 151? Uh, it, it's it's just a number. It is. A, it's certainly that. Yeah. But it's but it's an odd. I mean, it's literally an odd number, isn't it? But <laughs> but but why 151? Could you like? Because I mean, you know, as someone who's written a book about about games, right, yes. uh, we we chose 50, uh, yes. 50 books, and, okay, uh, yeah. because that's like a like a nice number, isn't it? Not yeah, like I guess. Why, what's is it wrong a prime number? Oh, jeez, oh, I don't know. Um, pick a number. Someone pick a number. 32. 32. Hang on. So, <laughs> so tell us about the... Uh, how, did you, how did you select the games? Well, um, so this is kind of... I tried to pick games that were not just popular, but games that kind of introduced new interesting game systems and mechanics or ones that popularised the genre, one that started a genre, things like that. So, For example, number um, 32, uh, Final Fantasy. Right, yes. Okay, <laughs> I, I mean, I guess. <laughs> that, that is one of the... One of the that is one spoilers. of the numbers. <laughs> uh, so what's the earliest game that you've included? Uh, it is Computer Space. Oh, of course. Yes, yes. and I address this in the introduction because there are, there are video games and and indeed other non-video games uh, that pre- that predate that surprisingly okay. uh, and so yes uh, but you have to start somewhere and this was the first game that was commercially available um, uh, as an arcade. What was machine. the game before that? Was it Space War? Was that the first one? Um, yeah. So Computer Space is a uh, is the arcade War. version yeah, of Space yeah. War, and yeah. that was Tennis for Two as well. It was wasn't Tennis it? for Two, William yes. Higginbottom, and 1958. I think. Yeah, that's right. It seems to me that the Guardian is trying to muscle in on your 151. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Simon, you were going to say? Uh, no, just that Computer Space was the first game that was available on the commercial market. And are these all your personal choices? Yeah, that's right. So, yeah. you, so you you agree with all of them? Uh, yeah, yeah, I do. And uh, some of them, of course, are just in there because. I like those games. That's, well, that's great. What they're a, not necessarily that important. We uh, had, um, to me. when we did our book uh, a few years ago, uh, we had to include some for the American market. Did, did we, you? Yeah, we did. We had to put Madden in. Oh, okay. I oh, did put Madden in. As far as, as far as I know, it didn't sell in America. So <laughs> yours was a similar tactic that you just wasted one of them. But actually, you've got more to waste. So, yeah. in a sense, <laughs> we, we gave away more than you did. Yeah, no, I think Madden's a pretty important game, isn't it? For, 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 for no, never played it properly. Right. So, um, <laughs> it was important on the Sega Mega Drive, uh, which you can read more about. <laughs> so, are they in any sort of order? Yes, they're in chronological order. Uh, okay. What, um, explain that? <laughs> so, in fact, this is interesting because to find the, the release dates for the very early games is. Very difficult. So some of the the earliest Atari and arcade games, at best, you could get a year, and you know, actually trying to nail it down to a to a month or even a day was sometimes impossible. And a lot of the companies no longer exist, so it's very difficult to find out who owns the image rights and all of yeah. that kind of stuff. So yeah, all of that side of things was the right pain. And how did um, so? And you and you and you wrote each entry, did you? So you so you written the whole lot? Yeah, I did. Yeah, it's a lot yeah. of words. That yeah. is a lot of words, yeah, isn't it? It was. Yeah, it, you know, I don't know. It was a hundred thousand words, and I did it in six months. So and then needed like three months to just lie in bed and go oh my gosh <laughs> wow. um, so and it was unnecessarily kind of condensed because uh, then it took it was like a further year of, of design so the designer on the book is terry stokes who oh, we, we know to some uh, yeah the old edge designer yeah so and i think it's got a kind of edge circa 2000 look to it right so. it certainly certainly looks lovely i know metal gear solid doesn't appear to be in here oh, no, yes it does is it well it's chronological yeah. oh hang on a second what number is it? I like that you're fact-checking. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, it's just that... Well, the, the, the reason I ask is that I remember finishing... Oh, no, sorry, I, I'm confused. It's, it was Half-Life, Ocarina of Time and Metal Gear Solid. They came out next to each other, so I'd oh, imagine. Yeah, yeah. I won't check, uh, okay. but let's just say that they, that they definitely are. So was it difficult revisiting these old games and finding something new to write about them? Um... Yeah, in, in some cases, yeah. Some of the games I wasn't too familiar with, but I knew they were important. So, like, uh, Meridian 56, I think, was, like, the first MMO. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, you know... I, Meridian actually, 59. Uh, that's it, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> what number is it? Do you have a Kickstarter <laughs> for that? <laughs> no, I just have a penchant for facts. <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> 
on top of pedantry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so so some of those games I had to I had to go and, and have a go of, and that game is still actually going, although in a, a slightly different iteration. So, so when's it out? Um, well, uh, I think it's out at the start of December. I think they're waiting for the boat to turn up with them, with okay, them on. This cool. is like an advanced copy You have something. got a boat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a family boat. <laughs> <laughs> there is, uh, it's funny, it's, there's, there's a lot to be said for a book. I, because um, my first job in the games industry was writing for a magazine, and every month you'd go to WH Smith and, and put them out over all the copies of CU Amiga or, or Amiga Power or what have you. I was writing for the one. Uh, and so every month you used to get this thing in your hand and sort of flick through it and all the rest of it. But it was only after I had a book published that my mum started to become really proud of me. And it's like, it's strange that books still carry that, that sort of thing. Are you doing this to make your mum proud of you? <laughs> yes, I was going to say, so it hasn't happened for, for me. It's just a constant disappointment. So, uh, yeah, it looks lovely. I'm just going to check it smells nice. <laughs> It does. What's it, what's it smell of? It smells of new books. It smells, and of, it smells of your words. It smells of Meridian Fifty Six. Uh, so it's out soon. Uh, you can can you pre-order it from Amazon? Uh, yes, you can. Are you yes. have a launch party? It's, it's fourteen ninety nine, I think, or maybe cheaper on Amazon. You, are you going to? Um, well. We we had a we had a book uh, a launch party for um, ours. Uh, yeah, I, I was there. Yeah, we lost money on it because <laughs> we kept giving them away. Don't have a launch party, but you're coming to the One Life Left Christmas party, aren't you? One Life uh, Left in the Guardian Christmas party. Yeah, yes. I, maybe I'll, we can I'll do some there, stuff yeah. upstairs. Do I have to dress up again this year? Yes, uh, we do. should talk about this more later. Okay. Okay, but before we do that, we are going to just uh, hear from. Science officer. Science officer update. After over three years floating in deep space, this human specimen was eventually recovered from a damaged escape capsule. The human male has since returned to active duty. His ship recently came under attack from insect-like space pirates. Science officer's audio log. So we survived that firefight with the insectoid aliens, probably because I broadcast vital xenomorphic information to our marines in real time rather than pre-recording it. The captain did not dig this breach of protocol, though, and for a while it looked like I was going to be busted down to science janitor. I got away with it, though it was made clear that if I continued with any improvised skeet shooting on duty, I would be mustered out at the next supply pickup. Later, I was in the lab, reassembling the optical resonator when the doors swish open and in strides this marine still in full battle armor scorched and reeking of cordite an ugly gash sliced deep across their protective faceplate what looked like the last desperate swing of an insectoid pirate the marine's external comm speaker crackled you the science officer i nodded the damaged faceplate folded in on itself and suddenly i was looking at a girl a woman a redhead. At least the stubble looked red. I glanced at the ID tag soldered onto her chest plate. Corporal J. Stenzerfield. A martial name. A beautiful name. Thank you for what you did today, said Corporal J. Stenzerfield in a deep yet sonorous voice. That intel made the difference out there. Me and the guys, we appreciate it. That's... it was... I... my words trailed away. She acknowledged them with a curt nod, spun on her heel, and marched out of my lab. I stood there, still holding the optical resonator. It's stupid. The biggest part of my job is making audio logs, and somehow I still don't know how to talk to people. But today, I decided that was going to change. Science officer, out. Not too many letters this week, despite the fact we have a, uh, a fantastic prize on offer. We do, don't we? We do, yeah. Um, so it's going to go to, like, basically, if you wrote a letter in this week, you've got a one in three chance of winning it, <laughs> unless you're out of the country, in which case you've got a no chance, because it's heavy, uh, we can't afford the postage. Simon, um, put Simon's book in your bag. Okay. We'll give that away next week. Okay, yeah. yeah. Good thinking. Do it now. Okay, Anne, you've got a letter, don't yeah. you? Uh Two, uh, oh wait, it just says Steve Curran, Simon Byron, Scoop Scantlebury. This isn't really a video game, I'm afraid, but I thought it was exactly the type of crazy game that you guys at One Life Left would love. It's a giant jelly bean jar counting competition, and you can find the site at www.thejellybeanjar.com and also at www.funday.net. Enjoy! Hermes. Did you look at this? I didn't. I did. 
And? It's just a massive jar of jelly beans. <laughs> and you have to guess. That are, filled, like, that are taller than a man. It's quite well, a lot of jelly beans. That is taller than a man. Um, yeah, and they just... Uh, and apparently... Um, the total quantity you can discern by watching videos. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, I did think about it. But then I had other things on the internet to look at and, uh, and didn't. So Maybe I'll look at this thing on the internet. You can win no, like a lot of money. Is it money or jelly beans? Money. Mm. No? But if it was jelly beans... Yeah. <laughs> Keith. Um, hello, team. Brackets Hi. minus D, clo- uh, close brackets. And super special guest... Which is obviously referring to me. It seems that Kara is having trouble getting a feature ready on a regular basis, so I've had a thought. After that thought, I came up with some other features that your friends in the game press could help with. Lee on C. Lee Alexander interviews people about C programming language after they've been singing karaoke for two hours straight in a bar in South End. That's very good. We should explain to our North American listeners, i.e. Lee, uh, that Leon C is a place. And it's Leon C as in the seaside. The sea. Yeah, that's very good. Not the programming language. No. no. Uh, crashing Sadly. the Pips. Philippa War goes online in GTA 5 with three friends who have avatars that look like Philippa Forrester, <laughs> Pippa Middleton and Pip Schofield. They drive around at full speed discussing life, love and lollipops until they crash into a prostitute, at which point the feature ends for the shipping forecast. <laughs> That's winning. One, one last one. Penny for the guy. One life left, Guy Cocker makes a series of offensive statements about minorities. Penny Arcade's Gabe and Tycho then try to defend those statements while actually making things far, far worse. I look forward to hearing these features in next week's episode. Cheerio. Cheerio. Thanks, Ben. Uh, yeah, if any of our listeners want to make those features... Specifically, those people would be brilliant. <laughs> Do uh, email us. Team at onelifeleft.com. Simon. Okay, this is from John, who is uh, at Broken Key on Twitter. He says, Dear team and super special guests, today marks the second anniversary of the release of Skyrim. And to mark the occasion, I made a funny joke on Twitter. Excellent. What uh, do you want me to describe? The yes. Right, so it's a photograph joke. But I think with, they're with called text. memes, so, Simon. It's a meme. Called, yes. It's, it's one of those me- memes. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's a photograph <laughs> joke. <laughs> what number is a photograph <laughs> joke? <laughs> Uh, it's, 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 it's a photograph of uh, what I presume is one of Skyrim's characters fa- facing the screen. He's dressed as a knight. Let's go further. An excellent photograph <laughs> joke. Wait, there is a caption. Hang on. It says, I reminded my wife she was sworn to carry my burdens. And then at the bottom, and then I took an arrow to the knee. Oh wait, there's more. <laughs> wait, no, that's the end. that's the end of the joke. Okay. And then the, the the email continues. What game world of the outgoing generation do you wish you had time to revisit? I've still not finished Skyrim. Two years. What a what a wonderful two years it's been having. I was uh, playing it only yesterday. It seems like it came out less time ago. Yeah, it really does. Time you have been flies. banging on about it. Haven't yeah, you? it's absolutely magnificent. Yeah, I, I'm, I still intend. I haven't finished it. I'm gonna. I'm gonna I am. I'm gonna. Though, Keith. Any thoughts on that? Uh, no, I only played it for about two hours, and I just I, and then I just stole loads of stuff from people's houses and rode up a hill, and then just got bored. Right. <laughs> Stealing not enough for you. No. Right. I remember when it first came out. Steve, who's not here. Um, he rather so the first thing you come out that you emerge from the cave I think at the start and and it said go off to this village and he walked off in the opposite direction because that's um, he's a maverick like that and then didn't he role play as Miley Cyrus no for like as Kelly Clarkson hours? right yeah he was role playing as kind of Kelly foraging Clarkson. for truffles yeah. and, and did you st- but being an independent woman oh that, Andy Andy Kelly did a really interesting series of features where he he tried he role played just being a simple woodcutter living out a, right. a normal existence in this in this profoundly violent world and it was it was really 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 good, really yeah. good wasn't not it? as good as kelly clarkson though no, no. <laughs> right those are our, let- our letters this week thank you for those of you that wrote in um broken key if you're in the uk can you drop me a line and i'll send you the assassin's creed the beautiful assassin's creed manual uh that was donated to us by piggyback interactive um and if you're not in the uk then sorry can you find somebody with and we'll send it to them uh please do email us team at one life left we're all going to be back together next yeah, week so the whole you know, family's be gonna lovely be back to in hear car. from you <laughs>
to like this. This is um, from another song, isn't it? I don't know. Recognise it? No? Simon? Might be like Mega Blast or something, is it? No, I don't think so. Does it say on your sheet of paper? See what the song's called. It's called Revolution X. Music is a weapon. You can find that on OC Remix. There's me dawdling when we're running out of time. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Come on. Yeah, so, um... Yeah, well, we should play that in its entirety at another point. We haven't got time, have we? We've got time. We've got to do the reviews. Uh, we've got ten minutes of the show left. Quick. Quick. Anne. Uh, I've been playing the Stanley Parable. Have and, you? Yeah, and I can't reveal anything. Okay. Because it would spoil the game. But uh, two things. So much going around, it's amazing. Right. And secondly, um, it makes me feel like I'm not going to fail at a video game, which is what I fear the most from video games and what sometimes paralyses me. Made me feel like a good person. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is an amazing game. Yeah. Have, you, have you finished it? Can't say. Uh, that's, well, can we talk about this afterwards? Because I've, I've played it as well, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I, and I'm unsure. Yeah, Score. Uh, so now at 10. Keith. I've been playing Pokemon X, and I named all my... Po- this is the first time I've ever played a Pokemon, and I named all my Pokemon after my friends and my relatives, and then I oh, lent it... What's, what's ours? ours? Yeah, yeah, what's ours? You're, uh, there is a one... There is a OLL. Okay. Um, but is there I, a New Yorker? No, there isn't. But no, but the funny thing is, I lent it to my sons, and they took it to their nans for two days, and they rang me up from their nans, and uh, and I said, "How are you getting on with Pokemon?" And they said, uh, "It's okay, but we think we might have killed Donald and Parkin." <laughs> <laughs> and they, uh, Donald and Parkin, had uh, fainted. Is that why Hookshot is no longer? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, although Porter is still alive and functioning. Okay. He's off the bench, though, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> no, yeah. Wow. He's been. He's not in the top six. Uh, have you been enjoying it? Uh, yeah, it's because uh, I've never played it before. It's been wonderful, and I've been trying to engage with the Pokemon community and, and trying to help, uh, get them to help me, and they've been really, really helpful. So I think it's like a really interesting, fascinating game, which is essentially what Parkin said to me. That it's a very, very complicated version of rock, paper, um, scissors. Score? 7 out of 10. Simon? Uh, I've been playing Super Mario World 3D. 3D World. Wait, one of those. On the yeah. Wii U? On the Wii U, yeah. It's in, it's incredible. It's incredible, incredibly good. It it looks beautiful. It's a cliche that like uh, you know Nintendo Tokyo EAD makes the best games in the world. And you know commenters on these reviews always go, oh, you know, such, such a Nintendo fanboy. But th- they're so much better at this Are than you? everyone else. So well, yeah. Is it out yet? But, uh, uh, no, actually, I don't think it is. Okay. In, a, in a couple. So of this weeks, is a world so. exclusive review because I've not seen any reviews. Yeah, actually, I'm okay. probably under. Yeah, it's it's totally nice. Totally <laughs> they don't count good, on right? <laughs> score it. Score it. Yeah. Um, so did you? Did you play the 3DS version? Oh uh, yeah, which was yeah. wonderful, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was wonderful. Yeah, and is, really this, is this more wonderful or less wonderful? I mean, it's, it's wonderful in different ways, but similar. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Seven out of ten. Uh, I've just been playing uh, everybody's golf. I've, uh, I've started the turn-based challenge with some uh, some friends on the internet of a video gaming forum that I frequent. What um, was that? Rollmook. Okay. Uh, so yeah, I started that today. Played my first hole. Lost by four. That will happen when you play... Funny, uh, you know, people that are better than me <laughs> on the internet. You're right. Uh, I'm enjoying it very much, so 7 out of 10. Now let's go back and find out what Cara has been up to. Welcome back to Electric Dreams. So my searches for James Bond on online dating profiles have been somewhat hopeless, which probably goes some way to explaining my own hopeless love life and essentially feeble search for someone who isn't still only able to cook shop-bought pizza. However, I did find some candidates that Joanna Dark might consider dating if she was drunk. I don't really have any strong attachment to anything other than nicotine. Well, it would be at least useful if you had a strong attachment to Joanna Dark. I'm going to go into management consultancy somewhere fancy when I can be bothered to give my life to Satan and his corporate minions. I feel like Joanna Dark would infiltrate your building, and not in a sexy way. I've been travelling a fair amount, but I still feel that I should travel quite a bit more in the near future. Hmm, how are you with other planets? Seriously, I am serving my country and being a great dad. Hmm, almost, but James Bond probably isn't a great dad. I imagine he's off gallivanting somewhere. And finally, I find Joanna Dark her guy. An eternal optimist, but the most cynical bastard you've ever met. I like to think I'm erudite and intellectual, but like nothing better than a week-long bender where you narrowly avoid arrest. Excellent. I feel like Joanna could really get on with this James Bond impersonator. If you are this James Bond impersonator, please get in touch. Joanna Dark would like to date you. Tune in next time for more Electric Dreams dorkishness. Thank you ever so much, Cara. I know it was a great difficulty took her in getting that feature into us today, but uh, we're very glad that you did. Yeah. Good news. Right, uh, we've got five minutes to go. Let's talk about the party. Oh, my goodness. You remember the date? 
14th. Wait, is it? 14th of December. Yeah, 14th of December. Saturday the 14th of December. What time? 6.30. Until? Late. 11. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 11.30, I think. Although I think I've sorted us um, an after-party venue. Yeah? Yeah, one of our listeners has got a hotel nearby. Right, good news. Mm-hmm. You say our listeners. It's not just any listener, is it? No, it's our wonderful listener. Well... It's our caretaker. No, no, no. He's got one in Vauxhall. <laughs> okay, right. That's not nearby, is it? No, We're it's... not going there. No. Okay, so, uh, how are we doing on ticket sales? We yep. have... Remaining yeah. 62 tickets. 62. Say sales. Basically, we need, in order to get this place exclusively, like without any other podcast people coming, yeah. uh, we needed to guarantee a minimum bar spend. So we are selling the tickets for £10, but we are putting all the proceeds beyond the badges that we're giving away mm-hmm. behind the bar. So uh, we'll, you, you will be drinking the money. If you're not wearing the money that you've spent, you'll be drinking it. So it's going to be excellent, isn't it? Sounds like a great deal. Keith and Simon, what are you contributing to the party? Ho, ho, ho. (laughs) (laughs) Contributing exactly what I did last year, which was being Santa Claus. Everyone can come and sit on my lap and get a mystery surprise. (laughs) (laughs) How did that go last year? It went really well. I didn't really... um, How many people... There were people queuing up to sit on my lap. There was a massive queue. I know, there was, yeah. And uh, everyone got really into it. Some people maybe a little bit too much. Did they? Can you name names? No, I can't. There were some photographs on Twitter, I think. I think Kieran got a photo. Kieran Gillen got a well, photograph of him on my lap. Steve actually, Hogarty that, got that, a photograph of himself on my lap. That's one of our stretch goals: is the Kieran Gillen picture. Yeah, when we uh, hit okay. fifty sales, fifty down, remaining, fifty sales down, fifty remaining, we are tweeting. Oh, we're unleashing the Kieran Gillen on your lap picture. Oh wow, okay, which so I found on my phone. That's something <laughs> worth seeing. My my one ambition this year is to not miss my last train home right, okay. to Somerset oh. and spend spend the night sleeping on Paddington Station. That's funny because our one ambition for this year <laughs> is to make you miss your last train home. <laughs> Simon, bring something yeah, well, what are you going to be doing? Well, if it's anything like last year, probably standing behind Keith and watching while girls sit on his lap and then handing them a gift. <laughs> you were dressed as an elf last year, weren't you? Yeah, glum Do you elf. still have that yeah. costume? Uh, I can probably dig that out. Dig it yeah. out. Yeah, I, thought, I, thought it out. Good. I thought you wore it well. Thank you. Yeah, Stephen Paul came dressed as an elf, which was embarrassing for a moment and then awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, we've got 62 tickets remaining. And you want to come to this party. Yeah, it's be so... so- Good. Tickets are available at ol.eventbrite.com. Is, yeah. is that right with you, Keith? Actually, we didn't include Guardian. Uh, Guardian in that's, the short. That's fine. URL. I'm going to I'm going to do a blog post uh, uh, about it as well. Hopefully, as long as my editor Isn't doesn't it front get front page. Let's get it. I could, I could actually do that, Let's although do it would probably go down really badly. Wow. Um, and Keith, are you, are you going to do anything else other than being Santa? Is the Guardian going to? bring it with anything else I, I haven't thought of we'll anything we'll have a yet. thing I think let's know yeah okay maybe I could get someone to suggest what I should what the Guardian should bring to maybe the... they should keep the NSA out from, <laughs> yeah. from watching yeah <laughs> <laughs> Could do that. Oh, 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 everybody's welcome, aren't they? Everybody's yeah, welcome. The NSA. Well, they already know that they're welcome. Yeah. Aren't they? so, right, we're reaching the end of the show. I haven't even got time for any more music. Um, good luck with your Kickstarter. Thank Keith. you very much, um, Simon. Sounds I can only like you, hope don't, to... that you don't need the luck. We'll have to see. I hope, I hope we can be as successful as you. Have you thought of any stretch goals? I haven't. No, I, I don't know. Maybe uh, maybe a date. Maybe a date with me, and I can talk to you about Mega Drive all night. <laughs> <laughs> That's if you don't pay any more money. Play multiplayer, flicky. Yeah. <laughs> so, so remind Is us that again. Euphemism. Remind us again what we're searching for on, on Kickstarter. Uh, uh, oops, sorry. Oh, <laughs> go on. Simon, no, and then Simon, we're going to finish off with you. Go on. Um, it's um, the uh, Sega Mega Drive collection. Uh, search for Keith Stewart uh, and Mega Drive, and that, uh, hopefully that will come. We will be backing in Simon. Uh, it's, we're just waiting for the boat, aren't we? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, the boat will come in. So you're searching for an, an illustrated history of 151 video games. Great. So, so the rough, it'll be out in time for Christmas. So definitely, will it? So I'm told. Yeah. And you're definitely going to invite us to your launch party. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> definitely going to invite us to your launch party. Yep. You're definitely going to invite us to your launch party. In fact, invite all the listeners. We'll we'll be giving details of it next week. Thank you so much both for coming in. I really, really enjoyed the show. And uh, yeah, often I don't when I do it. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. But uh, no, I enjoyed last week's and uh, this week's seemed to go well as well. Yeah, we'll be back with Steve next week. He'll be back from America telling us of all of his adventures over there. If we can shut him up. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. All right. Well, thanks ever so much for listening. Uh, we follow you on Twitter, Simon at... Simon Parkin. And you, Keith. At Keith Stewart. Excellent. Thank you both for coming in. Yeah. Nice to see you all. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Thank you. Okay, we'll see you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.